Okay, hello, and welcome back to the podcast by Cruel Commons, where we discuss art, advertising, and culture. We're here today at the wonderful Cruel Commons office, studio, workspace, uh, my second home. home. <laughs> that was weird. We just, I sleep here sometimes. We, we synced up there. Um, and as always, beside me, to my right, to your left, stage right, is Julia Cherry. How are you today, Jules? What's going on? I'm good. I'm fine. We're really good. It's th it's a Thursday. Summer's over. We're sad. Summer's over. It's uh you know lots of feelings, but uh, it's a good day. We had some pizza. I spilled it on my pants right before the shoot, which was great. Yeah. Um, but we're but, happy with who we have on the couch today. Yeah, very excited. We have uh, another another amazing guest here today. Why don't Why don't you intro? Since I've been speaking so much on these podcasts <laughs> that I can't stand to watch them back myself. <laughs> That would be great um, if you could no, kick I'm, this one off. I'm very excited. I've been trying to get this guest on the podcast since 2021. Yes, yes. She's been hard hard to get. Hard, hard to, to get. To Plan hard to get. Jeez. Anyways, um, yeah, she has spent most of her career in the marketing industry, specifically the CPG space. Um, she's worked with some of the largest household names, such as Snapple Spiked, Mott's Clamato, and by now Smirnoff. Um, yeah, she manages basically 360 marketing campaigns. So everything from digital to shopper to PR to XM. Um, but yeah, welcome to the podcast, the brand manager of Smirnoff at Diageo, Cass Falvo. Thanks, welcome, guys. Cass. What's going Thanks on? Thanks for having me. How are things? Thanks for coming down. Thanks for coming finally. It's it's any excuse to come to the been cruel two office. Years. It's always it's a good time. <laughs> yeah, so... So why did you snub us on the last podcast? <laughs> I Let's actually start. don't even remember. When you said that, I was, I'm like, what? what she had a prior commitment. Okay. Prior I commitment. I remember you guys asking me, but then, yeah, I had something going on. But I'm honored to be here today. We won't hold it against you. I don't you. remember what, what I was will going hold on, it but. against you, and I'm going to ask hard press questions yeah, because that's the first of the hard questions here today. Honestly, with that intro, you sound like uh, one of like the marketing Avengers. Uh, I know that, that was, was very generous. It's quite Thanks, the intro. Guys. I, I love I to hype everyone up on this. I one. don't think it was generous enough to be honest with you. you know, I'm yeah. We're very <laughs> very excited to chat today. Um, obviously, you know the the purpose of the podcast is to really talk about marketing, talk about culture. Um, talk about you know kind of your role in your job and and kind of give some insight to the to the crowd out there for those watching about uh, yeah what you do and and who you are so um, yeah Julie, yeah so I mean I guess up. first tell us a bit about yourself who you are your career up to this point I guess yeah okay where do I even start um, so a little bit about me I grew up uh, outside of the city I'm a suburbs girl tried and true suburbs girl shout but out, I do love coming suburbs. down here love. shout out suburbs <laughs> um, so I grew up in Bolton Caledon area nice. um, yeah grew up in a small town did a lot of competitive dance growing up that was really my passion show us a move no 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 <laughs> Josh, I shouldn't have said anything about Josh, that. Josh, the audio guys, nixed the moves. Don't move yeah. from your mic. Did you do Did you do aggro back in the day? I had a lot of... Like, acro? Aggro? Is that it? Aggro? Acro. <laughs> you mean acro? acro. Acrobatics. Is that it? Oh, oh, is, it acro is it short agro for acrobatics? Agro is like angry Honestly... No, um, <laughs> I was not. I was not good at acro. <laughs> That's fair. You know what? Um, I did more like ballet, jazz, tap. Tap was my favorite. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll get. So, we're getting a sample after this. We'll we'll okay. save that for the you know post podcast. Look. Okay. I like that. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so I was really into that growing up. Um, and then even in high school, I went to an arts high school for nice. dance. So that was a big part of my life. That's where I met a lot of my good friends um, still today. And then uh, moving on from there, I went to university at Laurier. Um, so yeah, growing up in a small town, I really wanted to go to a university that was a little bit more small town vibes at the time Laurier was smaller now I feel like it's blown up and everyone yeah. goes there yeah um I originally thought I wanted to go to Western but like touring that campus is that where you went yeah who would oh, want to yeah. go to Western it's just like no one would really want to do that that's those stings no one that really is, is like you know all straight up there is really I think go I said go stings on every single one of these yeah, podcasts. We, I didn't know you went to Western. I have to exit myself <laughs> We've had too many ghost things. There's been multiple ghost things. So I'm glad that we have a non-Western grad yeah, here Yeah, no. After I toured Western, I'm like, this is way too big for me. Like, <laughs> I need something a little bit more low-key. Um, so, yeah, the reason why I went to Laurier, though, is because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I feel like it's so hard in high school. I feel like that's something everyone no can idea. relate to. Yeah, like grade yeah. 11 and 12, you have no idea. I thought maybe I wanted to be a teacher. So I was going to maybe do like a psych or soci sociology degree. I can't even say that word. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then I ended up choosing business because it's like obviously very generic. So figured I could go into multiple different avenues with that nice. um and the reason why i chose laurier was just because they had a co-op program so i figured okay i'd get to try a few different um you know career paths within business before graduating so that's what i did and that's how i fell into marketing um because cool. that's where i did my first internship I was in brand marketing really loved it um where was that first internship at that was at canada dry moth which oh, is now nice. Keurig, Dr. Okay. Pepper. yeah yeah look at shout out shout out kdp yeah shout out kdp <laughs> um so yeah and then i've stayed in marketing ever since graduated i actually did a post-grad as well at humber and advertising cool. and then just stuck with marketing since then nice i love it i love it yeah well um yeah i mean that's really interesting i think that um you know i mean it's not a not totally weird that you were thinking psych and then ended up in marketing because so much about yeah, marketing is psychology based like i yeah. we yeah. I have friends a lot of friends who have kind of taken that path because it is the same like school of thought you're trying totally. to figure out the psychology of the consumer and kind of get to that end point how do we sell them on this let's yeah. get inside their head 100 it's not it doesn't always sound that ominous but <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, do you want to tell us a bit about your career up to this point i you kind of just talked about laurie yeah. in the school but i mean just like from that internship up to where you are now? Yeah, for sure. So I started my career back at Canada Dry Mots or Keurig Dr. Pepper, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I was lucky enough to have stayed in touch with some people over there during my internship. And then when I graduated, I kind of reached back out to do another internship, just like a short-term thing. My plan was graduate from my post-grad, go back there for a few months, travel, and then look for a job. Um, but while I was doing my internship there, they had an opening for a full-time role. So I applied for that. And then I ended up staying there for like five and a half years. Wow. So I started as an ABM, which, sorry, acronyms. <laughs> role is all Marketing. I do that Associate too. Marketing. brand manager. When yeah. we have new people start, we have a whole presentation on acronyms. Yeah. It's, it's like, <laughs> just so you know, this is 15 slides of acronyms. Like pay I attention. Know. And sometimes you don't even know what they stand for. You just know what they mean, yeah. you know? Oh, 100%. I have no yeah. idea what the real words are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we, um, we on the previous episode, we're like, yeah, we don't talk like marketing people. And then we're out here like, you know, I... just straight acronyms. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Exactly. No, but ABM is a great role to start at. And then you kind of yeah. climb the ladder from there. Assistant yeah. brand manager. Assistant brand manager, exactly. <laughs> brand manager. We'll put it up. Exactly. ABM. Yeah. So I was working on Mott's Clamato with some of the team here, which was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, Julia. Um, 
And Dom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you were involved. yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember one of my first photo shoots that I had to like manage on my own oh as, my an, as an associate brand manager was at the Cruel office. You were the what? photographer. I was. Yeah. I was. Yeah. That was the, um, the Mott's um, cocktail recipe shoot for like yeah. the book, I think maybe, or that maybe for the website. Me, I, I don't um, even know what it was for. We were doing yeah. recipes. All I remember was yeah. your birthday and we made you yeah. a birthday cake Caesar, which yes. was probably one of the most bizarre things. And I remember Ew. before that. <laughs> I think that was the first time we ever met. Yeah. And um, we were saying like, oh, man, we're going to have the client like looking over my shoulder this whole shoot. Like, what's going on? I'm like, you know what? Here, we're going to make her a Caesar. It's going to be really strong. And then after that one Caesar, there's going to be no one's bothering the photographer. For the I thought it was Dom just a nice gesture. No, we're not that nice. Caesar. We're not that nice. It wasn't, oh it wasn't that genuine. No, okay. No, so there's okay. always an ulterior motive. Always. There was a motive behind the Caesar. Yeah. yeah. Oh okay. Did that you was a good that? shoot, though. Person. That was a good was. shoot. The I photos still, turned out great. So. Still show those ones off for sure. Yeah. 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 You did a great job. And Thank I remember you came to the office before we had a meeting. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I remember. So that was one of my first big, like, hey, you got to figure this out on your own projects mm -hmm. um so yeah spent a couple years as an abm and then uh, eventually moved into a brand manager role there i worked on some different brands at kdp or keurig dr pepper so mott's buy snapple um some of the ready to drink alcohol portfolio and that's really where my uh, i discovered my passion for working in the alcohol industry yeah. um working on mott's clamato and snapple spiked so as my next career move that's really what I wanted to do and that's what led me to Diageo. Wonderful. What's it like working on such large brands like Snapple and Mott's? Like they're such household names. I feel like there's a pressure associated or Yeah, it definitely is pressure for sure. Um, but it's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the best thing of one of the best things about it is when you explain to people what you do, because how how often do you get that question? Oh, yeah. what do you do for a living? All like that's time. something all you get all the time. But all we can't the time. Really explain it. Yeah. A lot of people <laughs> They'll explain it and you're like, hey, I kind of understand, yeah. but usually it's some undercover software, salesy, yeah. you know. But when you say you work for a brand like Mods or Snapple, people can relate to it's that media, and they get yeah. excited. Yeah. 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 So that's one of the, you know, more rewarding things. The name drop is key. Yeah. yeah the people are like, <laughs> key, and they're like, oh, I know that. I know that beverage. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it's also just fun to work on because, you know, you grow up seeing those brands or like they're in your everyday life. You go to mm -hmm. the store, you see them on shelves. Yeah. So it's just a full circle kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. my mom and dad um, were super proud when I was like, I'm doing marketing for Mott's Clamato. Yeah, exactly, 100%. right? Yeah. We're going to tell all our friends. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's also cool to see <laughs> that you like have an impact on a brand that like that reaches so many people. So yeah. what you're doing is it will be interpreted. You, you'll kind of see how people interact with it. And I imagine that's both rewarding and uh, I mean, for me personally, when we've done that kind of stuff, it's been interesting to just see how people respond to it and if it works or if it doesn't work and then kind of learning from that too when you hit such a wide audience. It's 100%. it's really informing, yeah. Because sometimes you think you know the audience so well yeah. and you have it down pat and then they just don't react the way you think they're going to. Oh, you mean like white paper studies aren't always exactly <laughs> yeah, how right? things are in real life? <laughs> Jeez, damn. Those data yeah, white paper studies. <laughs> but even <laughs> anecdotally, like I feel like that's the hard thing in marketing sometimes is when you can relate to a product so much because you buy it and you're a consumer you think everyone Is feels the same, same way yeah. about it or yeah. shops the same way um, no, as so you do. And it's, that. it's not. It's I feel like not we're like both that. so guilty of that. Oh, 100%. We'll get in fights sometimes in meetings. Like, well, I think that I do this because I shop this way. And Dom's like, well, I shop this way. And I'm like, oh, God. Okay, like the data sure. says yeah. that it's a male-dominated brand. So, Julia. <laughs> so you're every wrong. Every time, basically. yeah. No, but so is that kind of your favorite part? Or like, what, what is your favorite part of, of being a brand manager and, and being able to control a brand that, you know, so many people see? 
Yeah, there's a lot of things I love about brand marketing. Um, that's one of them. I feel like another part is that you get to use, you kind of alluded to it, but the left and right side of your brain. Like it's very analytical (laughs) at most times and strategic, but you also get to get creative and working on the advertising and working with the agencies. So um, having that balance is great. Um, And also the fact that every day is different. I know that sounds cliche, (laughs) but in one day you could be working on innovation or PR or packaging or strategy or all of those things. so it's it's always different. It's dynamic. It's exciting, um, and there's always a challenge for every brand. Like mm-hmm. even if you work on a brand for years, you can always find a new challenge yeah. or moving to a different brand. There's there's new challenges. So it's constant learning as well, um, and that's what keeps it exciting. Cool. No, I love that. I love that. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, let's switch gears a little. Um, Post pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the first thing we notice as an agency is just cutting marketing budgets. Um, So, I mean, obviously this would affect your job and like you as well and how you interacted with brands and agencies. And I feel like, how were you able to manage brands through COVID-19 and all of that and have everything differed with events? Yeah, it definitely wasn't easy. Um, And I feel like everyone was kind of learning together. Obviously no one had been in that situation. Um, But traditionally the way it would work is from a marketing standpoint, like you plan everything so far in advance, mm-hmm. like a year or a year and a half, sometimes longer, right? And you know what's happening and you can usually execute it. Like sometimes there's changes, but usually what you plan is what come to, comes to fruition. And then COVID kind of turned that upside down. And now I feel like ever since the pandemic, things are constantly evolving because it's not only mm-hmm. the pandemic now, it's like supply chain issues yeah. or other macroeconomic issues that impact business. The aluminum business. shortage. And, yeah. Sorry? <laughs> the aluminum shortage. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, so I feel like we're going to be in this state for a while. So yeah. I really had to learn, and I feel like a lot of people did, how to be adaptable. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, you put your heart and soul into these marketing activations. You guys do, too, For sure. being the agency. And then you just have to learn how to, you know, adapt adapt yeah. with the changes. I feel like, I feel like um, alcohol probably did really well during the pandemic. I mean, I know cannabis, like, sales were pretty good. And I know for, like, cigarettes, the cigarette industry saw the first year of equal, you know, yeah, equal sales, not declining sales, because vices became so much more important, right? Yeah. Um, not to compare alcohol, cannabis, and cigarettes, not exactly all the same thing, yeah. but um, yeah, I imagine that like a lot of people probably turned to alcohol during the pandemic, and it was more 100%. about changing your guys' strategy to like kind of deal with that and deal with the new channels that people were shopping in, right? Yeah, well, I know a problem that a lot of brands had is, you know, even though there was so much demand, like they couldn't keep up even, with the yeah, demand, yeah, right? Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So that was that was a big thing. So many empty um, shelves, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, as a brand manager, I feel like you're always a general manager. Like you're really owning the business. You're mm-hmm. involved from like supply chain to the traditional marketing to sales, everything. But I felt like I got way more into the, the weeds on the supply side mm-hmm. through that whole experience yeah. just mm-hmm. because that was such a big issue. It was less marketing stuff, less yeah. you know, photo shoots to go to <laughs> it, or oh, yeah. events to attend and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. That makes exactly. sense. Um, well, yeah, one of the reasons I personally wanted to have you on the podcast, I feel like we've had some similar experiences in the corporate world um, as women. I mean, I feel like we've made great strides in the past few years, but it often feels like impossible to break that glass ceiling, as they call it. I fucking hate that. But yeah, the glass ceiling, <laughs> as they call it. Um, but I feel like how do you navigate the 
boys club as they call it especially in like such a dominated male space like alcohol and stuff like that like how do you navigate that um how do you deal with that have you had experiences with that yeah I would be lying if I said I cracked the code on that one (laughs) (laughs) um but I mean I've been fortunate uh enough to work for companies that really make that a priority which is amazing Um, But yeah, you're always going to encounter situations or groups of people that you have to work with where that can be a bit of a challenge. Um, I don't know what the right answer is. I mean, like one thing that I've tried to do is is gain their respect. So just, you know, work hard, show what I'm capable of. And I find, you know, they come around. Um, but it, it can be tough. So I can really I mean, do you have any (laughs) tips for me on that? No, I just (laughs) feel like when I started getting into actual work like when my first job remember I have this story my mom always told me she's like you need to learn how to golf um because she said not a lot of women know how to golf and deals are always made on the golf course and it's very rare that as a woman you're like invited to those things so if you are because you know how to golf like you're immediately like in the boys club and I was just kind of like like Great, but like, yeah, really that's funny because my club. parents used to but say, but you're an avid golfer, and I'm like, okay, I wouldn't say, is avid. that why you learned? How to golf? I wouldn't say avid. <laughs> my parents used to say something similar, not like, oh, you need to learn how to golf to be invited to those things, but like, oh, you know, it would come in handy in the corporate world. It's so um, true, though. You're a pretty good golfer, though, Jules. Like, you're not bad. I'm you decent. I learned how to get yeah. better yeah. once I went on Dom's golf clubs. We oh, tur- yeah. we determined my golf clubs were too big for yeah, me. Julia oh, okay. Or too small. Has women's clubs, and for some reason, women's clubs are just shorter than men's clubs, it's which insane. I never really. Understood. There's another yeah. analogy we can like. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's actually very yeah. That illustrates I the point. I shoot better on Dom's Pretty golf well. clubs. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Hilarious. You're just gonna have to get a pair of men's clubs. <laughs> yeah, men's clubs. Yeah, it's actually, a great marketing program yeah. for TaylorMade. Yes. <laughs> great yeah. for TaylorMade. No, we're not. Huge TaylorMade. We're not shouting out any brands here, all right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess too. Um. I feel like sometimes it's been difficult for me um, because there's a lack of female mentorship in the space. Like I have my mom, I'm super lucky. I have sisters and, you know, um, but yeah, it's definitely a lack of female mentorship and sometimes that's difficult. Um, But did you have a mentor or someone that kind of guided you along the way? Yeah, I've been fortunate enough that um, the teams that I've worked on, there's been a lot of female representation and and mentors that have kind of guided me, which has been amazing. Um, I met some great people through that. But actually, you just reminded me, um, before COVID, one of my girlfriends and her mom, who's worked in marketing for years, marketing and advertising, they started this whole networking community for women, both starting their career and who have been like seasoned in their career. And we would meet, I think it was like every few months and um, like share stories and you would be paired up with someone. It was such a great community that we started building mm-hmm. and then obviously covid shut everything down nice. but i'm gonna tell her to start it back up again and i'll she let should. you know so maybe you can we'll, come maybe <laughs> we'll get her on the couch her be a yeah honestly yeah. it was an amazing like it was just a great way to network and meet people and yeah and share stories and advice so i think encouraging more of that mm-hmm. um definitely helps I feel like the like we you know we recently um, had a, a female addition to our to our leadership team here mm-hmm. at Cruel, okay. um, and having been you know shout out DB Danielle Bablich, <laughs> yeah, I, that's a that's a totally warranted shout out by the way. Um, <laughs> no, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll allow that one. Yeah, yeah. Mac allows it. Um, but yeah, Danielle like has really helped to change the way that we just see the business as a whole, and also offering that support. I mean, I imagine that's probably been really refreshing for you, Jules, after years of 
dealing with the the five of us, um, you know, in <laughs> the leadership team. And um, I've just seen the shift in even the way that we're able to like have more open discussions as a leadership team, um, but also just check our ideas. You know, I, every time we come up with a marketing campaign or come up with a creative idea, um, I'm tapping into my experience, my context throughout my life. And it's a male context, right? So um, Jules, you've always been a, a great bouncing board for that for me. And just yeah. being like, hey, Dom, like, I know you love this logo, but like, it looks like a woman would never even come 10 feet from the, like, <laughs> we know, do have those conversations. <laughs> and it's nice to have an open relationship like that. Mm -hmm. And um, that's something that I've learned because I've, uh, you know, always had a lot of male collaborators and and having women in the room is is refreshing. I mean, it's, it's a, it seems like an obvious question, but like, like, why do you think it's so important for, for large corporations, especially to continue to make sure that women are at the leadership level, at, you know, the executive level where they can be that role model for the rest of the business and be a role model, not only for the people they work with directly, but for the women who come from all different, you know, uh, positions in that company? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's important to have a diverse group of people at the leadership level, you know, yeah, beyond, course. yeah, like male, female, all kinds of people just... Yeah, it's different perspectives. It's exactly what you said, right? Mm -hmm. Different perspectives to the table, um, different schools of thought, uh, kind of considering everything. Because, like, that's something that I've learned in the corporate world is sometimes these people who are making the big decisions don't consider everything because they're yeah. not, like, living and breathing, of course, yeah. you know, some of the work that other people are doing. So the more... Uh, diversity that you have at that level is is only going to improve the decisions and the thinking there. So, yeah. yeah, it's super important. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's talked about a lot these days, but I feel like it's not acted on a lot, right? Or not yeah. acted on as much as it should be. But the um, idea of parity, and then it's like only enacted upon on the lower levels and like not on the yeah. no, higher levels. It happens. Um, it happens. But what advice would you give to you know the next generation of female leaders or young women? Yeah, um, honestly, I think it advice to anyone um, trying to, to start their career or the next generation is like a couple of things that I've really taken away that people told me when I was, you know, graduating, but I didn't really realize how important they were until now, kind of looking back, is networking. I know it's so cliche, but it's a huge, huge thing. And mm -hmm. it's not like a, a formal networking session that you need to attend and like, you know, formal clothing. It's even networking amongst who you're going to school with or yeah. who you're working with. Like so many of my friends that I even went to university with have helped each other get jobs or come mm -hmm. into connection with each other through the working yeah. world. Right. And like, you never know who you're going to run into or who's going to help you get a job or a client right. or whatever. Right. So mm -hmm. I would say that's huge. And, and on that same vein is you know, not burning bridges because yeah. like so it true. is such a small world. Mm -hmm. I can't even Everyone believe. Everyone comes back at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. like I feel like I'm still fairly young in my career and the, the amount of people that have come around like twice, if not three times oh, yeah. 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 in different scenarios or different jobs, like it's just, yeah. yeah. No, it's so true though. Like even if you're just out with your friends, like sometimes that turns into a networking thing. Like you can exactly. meet someone that you didn't know that you were going to meet that night or something like that. And just using that as opportunity always yeah. is really important exactly. for sure. They Definitely might get you a job too. or they might work at a Somewhere. place yeah. that can help, they can help you get you in, right? Mm -hmm. That's how I got my job now. I used to work <laughs> with someone way back in the day. She works uh, at the company I work at now and she kind of helped me at least, you know, get an interview. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's huge. I think like the, the burning bridges thing is a good one because I think at times too, there's been moments where I've had someone who, you know, I've met in the past or networked with or, or whatever. And 
they've hit me up for a job and you know it just hasn't worked out and mm-hmm. then I feel awkward about it and yeah. then I'm like oh I can't talk to this person anymore and like I feel like really weird about it and then like a year later they'll come back and be like oh I got another one what do you think about this one and I'm like oh man I, I thought this person hated me yeah. like because <laughs> yeah. I couldn't do that one job for them right and in my mind I was like oh the bridge was burned just because you know my rate was too high or something but it's, it's not always like that it's not linear it's you know yeah. people always need help and if you're someone that can help them you know do what they got to do at their job or in their personal personal life or whatever yeah. you'll kind of always stick in their head 100%. I mean as long as you don't, don't do something it's terrible it's a good experience yeah. then they'll always come back yeah it's yeah. like boyfriends you know Is that what <laughs> I haven't had that experience but okay they yeah. always come back I feel that I feel that well uh let, let's talk a little bit about like work-life balance because um you know that's something that we talk about quite a bit here something that we talk quite a bit about on the podcast as well um because it is so important but again another one of those things that a lot of people talk about but not everyone always acts on. So what are what are Ourselves some tips? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm saying this as we're here yes. at what time? <laughs> yeah. Um, balance but yeah, what what um what are some tips that you have or some like maybe some strategies that you use just to try to separate or try to like put a wall up that allows you to have those two, you know, separate spaces in your life? Yeah, that's a really good topic. And I've definitely learned the hard way on that one. Um, cause I'm someone who, you know, always wants to work hard, do a good job, like say yes to everything, mm-hmm. hate yeah, saying same. no, like you want to do what you can for the team. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel bad, like messaging Cass at 8 PM. She responds to me at nine. I'm like, Oh God, <laughs> what have I done? Um, well, especially like when you care about what you're doing, like that yeah. comes naturally. Right. But then like you can push yourself to a breaking point and I've experienced that, mm-hmm. um, which like was a huge learning for me and mm-hmm. I will never let myself get there again. So like I had to learn how to instill certain principles to avoid that. Um, but I think a big thing, like the working from home, it's so easy to fall into that trap, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah, there's no boundaries. Like, yeah, No, yeah. Like, yeah. because yeah. I find yeah. like for, so often for me, it's like, oh yeah, I could go downstairs and take my hour lunch or I could just get this done and then mm-hmm. save five minutes for lunch yeah. and you're rushing back to a meeting or something. So I think what I've tried to do is really put in that boundary. Like I started to block off in my calendar, 12 to one lunch. So then the reminder comes up. So if you're working on something, it's like, okay, I got to stop, step away. I try and do like a Pilates workout or go for a walk, like even watch TV for a little bit just to like separate. Yes. And then it's the same thing at five o'clock, right? Mm -hmm. Like obviously, you know, no job is nine to five. There's, there's times where you need to you know, work extra hours, but trying your best to put that boundary. If you don't need to work mm-hmm. after five, like stepping away and mm-hmm. okay, I can get this done tomorrow. Yeah. Um, it sounds so simple, but it's so easier said than done. And yeah. I think you guys can relate to that. One, so one, yeah. one thing that I do is uh, on my internal calendar, I'll put lunch. And then on the external calendar, I'll put like doctor's appointment. <laughs> <laughs> so then no one's booking me no for one's anything. Bothering you can be as like straightforward as Skylar when he had his like 12 to 1 meditation. You Don't talk to That's me. That's actually smart. Yeah. It's been, actually fair. It's like been, I'm not going to interfere with that. To be fair, you know what? <laughs> Say what you will about the meditation. I, I do that when, especially when I'm working from home. I'm not going to message that. someone during that time. Are exactly. you crazy? Yeah. Like, no, but it, it really does help. And it's a good way to t- try to block off or just create a bit of a rift in your day where you're not totally zoned in to work the whole time. You mm-hmm. just create a bit of that blockage. Like even when I'll eat lunch, like sometimes I'll sit at my desk and work, but other times I'll just like listen to a podcast or like watch yeah. a YouTube video just to try to have something where I'm like, just give my brain like a little something bit of that different. break. Yeah. I think another thing that's big 
too that helps is like making plans after work, whether it's like an appointment or hanging out with friends or whatever. Because as silly as it sounds, it makes you step away because you're like, I got to go do something, right? Well, also you've had like a bunch of huge milestones in the past year. So buying a house, getting engaged. (laughs) How how can you manage it all? Like that's a lot going on. Like how do you kind of compartmentalize and manage all of that yeah I know when you say it it sounds like a lot but (laughs) (laughs) honestly it's all like amazing stuff that's happening so it's enjoyable you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out how I'm managing. <laughs> yeah. Like You're I'm like, still we, currently uh, figuring out. Have the wedding planning? Yet. No, we, we're definitely like in the deep with yeah. the wedding planning. You got um, it. You got we it. haven't moved yet. We have a few more weeks for that. So nice, I'm trying to like nice. do wedding planning as much as possible because I know the moving is gonna like take up a lot of my time. Yeah. Heading into the holidays too, it's always crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just try and use what time I have to be productive. So like even in the car, if I'm driving home from the office, I'll like take a call with a vendor, Mm -hmm. like have a conversation, just like try and use my time as efficiently as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, I do like the car time is like uh, my time to catch up with family. Car caller. Oh, I call in the car all the time because I have like, I I, I commute like 40 minutes to an hour most days. But Don's also like a scary driver. So like he'll be on the phone and then he'll be like, oh, fuck. And then you're like, oh, sorry, no, what no, was no. that? Like, I have a rule. I don't get mad at traffic or parking. That's a yeah. lie. <laughs> that's, that's, those are lies. How do you that's that's, I'm, 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 that's I'm you, last time I was in your car, I said it was a rule. I didn't say I didn't dumb, break dumb. it. There's no, there's no lying on the podcast, man. I do there's have a no speeding ticket court date tomorrow. It's a real court date, not a fake meeting. Oh, really? 12 to 1. Yeah, it's actually from 2020, and it wasn't too bad but it was my first speeding ticket ever so i'm i'm going to court i'm i'm handling i'm handling it like an adult you know i'm 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 doing it proper but uh yeah no the car time for me is like i'll call my grandparents i'll call my brother Mm -hmm. i'll just try to like catch up with people and i can't remember who it was one of my family members roasted me on it they're like you just call me when you're in the car eh? when you when you have nothing else to do (laughs) eh? like that's the only time you'll call me i'm like no this is my like prescribed time time for you like yeah but it's usually a good time too because it's after work like you know people are around right if you call someone during the day like they're usually busy yeah they're busy yeah Yeah, exactly but it's yeah it's nice i'm driving it keeps me calm you know behind the wheel (laughs) keeps them calm apparently it's something i need to work on (laughs) i can't see you even getting mad though you haven't been in the car with me (laughs) yeah like don's always so chill it's so not like mad that when it does come out, you're just like, yeah. you want to be far away from oh, that. Yeah, okay. mostly just the car. You know, it's Toronto traffic these days. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Shout Sorry. out. The- I just want to point out that we started this conversation by you saying that you don't get mad at traffic. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, no. It's turned into this. I said that I have a rule that I don't get mad in traffic or parking. Parking, I don't get mad at. <laughs> I. I break the rule, okay? okay? I break the rule. Rules are meant to be broken. I just, I'm just calling it out, man. We, like, so we've moved on from the marketing podcast yeah, to we're not talking about anger management with Dom. The Lakeshore construction is insane. <laughs> if they could figure out the Lakeshore construction, it's absolutely fucked. It's totally, just, you're ruining my put, life. Put the ramp back Please on Please put the ramp sister. back on the gardener. Everyone in the East End hates you. God damn it. Oh, anyway, uh, anyways, that seems like that a seems natural, like natural segue. Uh, as I go to commute home yeah i can think about lament on this now um but thank you so much Cass. honestly i feel like this was extremely insightful and a lot of people are gonna be really excited to listen to this as 
I have been trying to get you on here for years. So thanks for finally blessing us. Yeah, thank you for oh coming your time. Yeah. Guys, anytime. I, like I said, I always love coming to the Cruel Office. You guys yeah. are the best over here. here so thanks for yeah. having me. Yeah, and of course. your story is really inspiring too. And I think that seeing someone who's been able to, you know, progress upward at a company, but then also, you know, move laterally to another equally strong and, 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 uh, an impressive uh, business is, is really cool. And, and I think you should be yeah, very proud of that. And uh, you're certainly a pleasure to work with on this end. So um, yeah. Thanks guys. Thanks again. Well, yeah. Thanks and, everyone. Um, yeah. For everyone who's watching. This has two been of you left. For the, yeah. For the two of you that <laughs> left. Uh, this has been the podcast and uh, we'll see you next time.